Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, March 18th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we know that it is March Madness. And you guys are interested in college basketball that's going on, etc., etc. But look, this is a football show. We dominate this show with football talk. And my God, since we are both out of town this week, Chris and I are going to talk about some college football. We're just going to debate some stuff. We're just going to talk some fun topics, et cetera, et cetera. Not going to take up too much of your time. So, hey, Chris, what have you got going on in the background? Can you that bad? I'm about to walk right. I'm, I'm, I'm on a job site, man. Uh, working on a job site. I'm with you. <laughs> Hammers and nails. My gracious. <laughs> going back to my truck. Oh, it's all good. I'm going to sit here until this job is over, until we're done. It sounds good. I can get my job done. (laughs) It was so damn loud. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, It's really not that loud to me. I I guess I'm used to it. I I suppose so. It was was loud through the microphone. I was trying to turn it down, but I couldn't hear you. Uh No, I'm I'm, I'm back in this damn truck. That's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. I know you work. All right, let's roll. You're a hard-working man. All right, we have got a few topics to discuss today. There was an article over at Saturday Down South that said that Tennessee is the next SEC East beast. This was Matt Hayes from Saturday Down South, and he says yes, because offense in college football these days wins championships. Now, I am curious your thoughts on the Tennessee Volunteers with Josh Heupel. Is this more of a a fun team? A you know they're going to be good, but will they be championship good kind of thing? What what are your thoughts on them? Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to say they're championship good, but I do like Josh Heupel. I like this team, and I think they have a chance to be really good. I I tend to agree that they can be really good. I think I don't know that Josh Heupel has ever put enough of an impetus on defense, right? And I think that's what scares me on this. And I don't know that Heupel is a fantastic recruiter. Like, that's the other part of this, is I I would like for him to prove it. He's always going to be able to score points with the guys that he gets. 
and he'll go after a certain type of guy, but I don't know that just because you're dangerous on offense, we saw their offense get shut down multiple times in his first season. Now, obviously, I expect them to continue to grow and whatnot, but we saw it whenever they would go up against really good defensive teams at UCF. The same thing kind of happened there. I, I think that Tennessee can continue to build with Josh Heupel. And, and don't get me wrong, he's still a young head coach. I just, I wonder about this, right? Uh, he said, you know, um, despite what Georgia did last season with one of the greatest defenses in the past three decades, there is no denying the critical importance of scoring points. A lot of points. Uh, Tennessee Josh Heupel said, we want, uh, we want to force defenses to react to us. So, Matt Hayes said, get ready for more pressure from the Tennessee offense. Enough pressure to potentially become the next SEC East team trading blows with Alabama in the first week of December. He said, the concept that was laughable merely two seasons ago can no longer be denied. Tennessee is a threat again in the SEC because the Vols will have one of the two best offenses in the conference. Now, it, that's, that's great when you, when you hit on the quarterback, right? And he has certainly hit on the quarterback with Hendon Hooker. I just, I don't know. He starts naming off, you know, LSU in 2019, Alabama in 2020, et cetera. He said Florida in 2020 had an offense that was uh, statistically as good or better than any in school history. And it said it was three blown defensive stands uh, away from beating Alabama in the SEC championship game in 2020. But here's the deal. Like, those are blown defensive stands. If you continue to put so much pressure on your offense to have to score every game, they're not going to be able to do it every time. Even LSU in that 2019 season had a 23-20 to game against Auburn. Uh, until I see something from the defensive side for Tennessee, like I think they're going to be really good. I just don't know that they're going to be championship contender good. Do you kind of agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I would stand by Like I said, I think they could be good, just what you said. I, winning the championship's hard. Yeah. Now, on the other page, could they catch lightning in a bottle like that LSU team did one day? Maybe. Yeah, Ed Ortron did it. Why the hell can't Josh Heupel? Josh Heupel, yeah. <laughs> you are not wrong. You are not wrong. <laughs> Good gracious. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to the next topic here. The next one that I want to hit on. Which teams do you hate that don't consider your team a rival? So... Because we are both SEC guys, I'm kind of staying away from, you know, the Southeastern Conference. Uh, for those that are new to the show, I am an Alabama fan. Chris is an LSU fan. So we'll go ahead and get that out of here. And we do have a little bit of bias here and there. We try not to, or at least I try not to. <laughs> but, uh, but it comes out every now and then. So, Chris, I will let you start off with teams that you, that you hate that don't consider your team a rival. Like, there's no real reason why you should hate them, but you do anyway. No, I got reason. I got reason. <laughs> I got, and, 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 it, and the only punch up, this is, this is just how I believe in the world, it'd be, but it's Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. I can get with that. In that, in that order, in that order, I don't know that I hate Oklahoma so much. Um, I hated them always being placed where they were because they beat the hell out of the Big 12 and they scored a lot of points. And they were always ranked, you know, in the top three, top four every year. And 
And then they get in the playoffs, and they just get the shit kicked out of them. And, and here's the thing. Those teams that beat the hell out of them, they were really good. Had they played harder competitions, they'd have got the shit kicked out of them more often than that. So yeah. that, that, that was the only thing. But Clemson, Ohio State, one, two. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I put down UCF, and there's no real reason for that um other than you're i guess bully? at 2017 i suppose that's that's it you're a bully uh but yeah i've got i've got clemson ohio state and oklahoma down for the same reasons clemson uh the the fan base just kind of gets under my skin and i dabo started out as somebody that's like plucky gritty you know you like them but i think it's i think it goes across the board right where Teams that win too much—it's it's why everybody other than no. Patriots fans hated the Patriots. Uh, but Dabo takes Dabo, this to no. a yeah, it's a new extreme, right? Dabo, Dabo, Dabo is unbearable. He's <laughs> unfucking bearable. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty ridiculous. You know, we just you know, Clemson. Nobody respects us. You're the biggest powerhouse in college football, you cocksucker. Or at least for a little bit were, right? At least because they're oh, definitely not God. right now. Definitely not right now. Uh, which is... Nobody respects me. You remember how uh, how frustrated he used to get when people would use the, the phrase Clemsoning or use the word Clemsoning? Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, nobody really says it anymore. It's a delicate little flower. It's really interesting that that guy used to play DB. Like, I, I just think guys that used to play the sport are a little tougher, a little he, less... He didn't play DB. Like I get, I get. Huh? He didn't play. Uh, you said DB, defensive back. Yeah, what is a DB? Oh, was he wide receiver? Yeah, he was. He was a wide receiver. <laughs> oh, that makes never mind. Never mind. It, it makes it all makes sense, sense now. Right? Okay, uh, I have no idea why I thought he was a DB guy. I don't know why. I just, okay, right, now it's a it DB. all makes sense. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get that. Yes, he's a football. All right. Uh, Ohio State is is always. Uh, up at the top, and I think I think it's that way. Uh, what I was saying is, like the Patriots, once you win so much, the only people that like you are your fans. Everybody else wants to see you lose. It's the same thing with Clemson, Ohio State, and with Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has see, a chance to jump into. I don't, a, I don't agree with I don't agree with that, Gary, because you compare these things to the Patriots in the NFL. And this, yes, I'm biased. In the NFL, you get the you get the worst draft pick every year. You finish best, okay. Yeah. And in college football, if you're really good, you get all the best players. So you get to be really good again. And then you get all the best players. You get to be really good again. And then you get all the best players. You get to be really good again. This is this is why you can't compare those two things. And it infuriates me that you do it all the time because they're not the same. They're not close to the fucking same. Nick I'm not Saban talking. left the NFL because he couldn't handle it. <laughs> I'm not talking about them being the same sport. I'm talking about when a team, regardless of what it is, because it's the same way with the Yankees. It's the same way in uh, in basketball with the Lakers, etc. When you win so much, everybody wants to see you lose. It's it's like that with the Cowboys it, for 30 years after they won their last championship, right? See, but see, see, this is the problem. They haven't won in 30 years, and people still hate them. So the, it, winning has nothing to do with it. There's an entire generation of fans that make fun of them and hate them that have never seen them win anything. That's a good point. You remember it because it yeah. happened while you were in high school. So it, winning can't be the reason, all right? You said the Yankees? The Yankees haven't won a World Series in 10 years, okay? Agreed. 
Agreed. The Red Sox have won four <laughs> since the Yankees have won one, and the Red Sox are one of the most likable teams in all of baseball. Now, they're not beloved, but they don't have near the hatred that, that you know, the Yankees have. All right? No, you're, so you're winning doesn't turn you into an asshole. Winning right. doesn't make people hate you. These people, you're using that as a crutch and an excuse. It's not the winning. They're just pieces of shit. <laughs> I put a I put Miami on here, um, you know, like I, it I just it, it, there's something about that program, that fan base, all the drama that surrounds it, et cetera. And then whenever they do get even a little bit good, the media jumps all over them. So I, I put them and kind of paired them with Notre Dame, right? Um, but I but the media hadn't really jumped on Notre Dame all that much, and and I kind of find myself pulling for Notre Dame some. So, I, I might just take Notre Dame off of that. Um, I got two others that I just irrationally don't like. USC is going to get unbearable with That's what it was. I, I, I'm pairing USC and Texas together. Yeah, no. Well, the problem with Texas is Texas is never going to get good enough to actually be a threat to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. You know the reason I didn't put Texas in my list? Because I don't punch down. I just don't. That's that's terrible. <laughs> I just don't. So I don't punch down. Oh man! But hey, they can't say anything right now. I mean, for sure. So I'm. Well, I'm no, they finished like fourth in the Big Twelve the last couple of years. What do you mean? Well, my God, it's it's what been are you talking about. It's been what ten years? Uh, well, no, it's been longer than that since they went to a national You're championship talking about game. Just winning the Big Twelve. Oh. I'm talking about not finishing like in the middle of the pack. It's been bad. Like Texas Tech has beaten you. They uh well I mean forget Texas Tech Kansas like they've only got four conference wins in the last decade two of them are against Texas I mean that's just ridiculous but uh but I still irrationally don't like them uh and I think I think the fact that their fans have like destroyed us <laughs> here over the last like six years that's probably got something oh to do no with their it. fan their fans their fans have definitely been pretty brutal oh, their fans are. have been worse like I I the shit that I say about Ohio State in Clemson that like I I get that I've never once said anything outside of the truth about Texas which is just that I just don't see them as a threat like I don't talk down to them I don't talk bad about them I just don't think they're as great as people and man they have they they take shit personally oh they they have murdered you in the comments (laughs) if Ohio State fans can't ask me I get it I earned that I deserve that I understand it my family is Ohio State fans. Half the people that I'm related to are Ohio yeah. State people. Okay? I understand it. Now, none of them have ever, you know, they, they all wear the Buckeyes, and they all they all got all the hoodies. They, they couldn't tell you three players in the last two years. Like, they, you know. But, well, yeah. I mean, it, they almost treat it like an NFL team. With Texas, it always cracked me up because they went after me, too, uh, just because of picks, right? We would just make picks on games. And they destroyed us if we pick against them. And what cracks me up is I had – you remember uh, Tom Herman's – was it second second or third year, whatever it was, I actually picked them before the season to go to the playoff. And and I remember I laughed at you. They still destroyed We had a good good laugh about that. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) But I was also picking Michigan around then and and all that. I really thought those teams were going to be better. Um but it is what it is. Like, they just did not get it done. The ones that I irrationally don't like for whatever reason, uh, I don't like Washington. Like, never been a fan. Like, kind of pull against them all the time because they, 
they kind of carry themselves as a Pac-12, you know, dominant team, but but they haven't ever really been. So I find myself pulling against them. Like, I, I, how about this? Maybe I just pull against them for those other teams, right? Like, I want Cal to beat them every time they play. I want Washington State to beat them every time. The Arizona State, etc. Like, I every time they play Utah, right? But maybe I'm maybe I'm pulling more for those teams than against Washington. But I don't know when I've ever actually cheered for Washington. Like, is is that? Do you have any teams like that? I mean, I've got a lot of teams that I'm like agnostic about, and I'm usually going to always pull for the underdog over the over the big boy. So yeah, I like Washington State over Washington, but that I don't I don't know if that's a I I I literally feel nothing towards Washington. I mean, that's that's sticking your finger in lukewarm water to a point where you can't tell your fingers in water. Like it's not yeah. hot, it's not cold. It's just you kind know, of there. Yeah. Well, if Washington quit playing football, they got the death penalty tomorrow. My life would change. <laughs> I've like, got a. Like, I've got they were just like, we're just not going to play. We're just not going to play football ever again. Like, like. Yeah. I, oh, really? That's new. I've like, a, okay. I've got Colorado in that same boat. Like, I, I just, you know, I always end up pulling against them, but it's not because they're some dominant team or anything like that. Like, I just find myself pulling for whoever is playing against Colorado, basically every time. And I well, don't know why that is. So that's interesting. So I like two of the teams that you dislike. I like a lot. Or. I'll be like, I guess like little girl middle school reason. Um, I I think Ralphie is is maybe the greatest mascot in all sports. And see, and I don't have a problem with that. Like the tradition and everything sounds great. I would love to go to a Colorado game. I just I don't like to cheer for him. Uh, and I don't know what that is. You and me, you and me, you and me deal with dislike very differently. Then okay, like I I never like I throw up when I drive through Columbus. Okay. <laughs> Like I, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to ever go to a game. I don't want to. I don't care. I don't care about the shoe. I don't care about the. I don't give a shit about any of that. Okay, <laughs> I've been to Death Valley. All right, that is the holy grail. I've been to the only Death Valley, by the way. You fuck sticks in, in South Carolina. I, I, so, so that's like I don't care about any of that other stuff. All right, but, but I like I would never hate a team and then be like, oh yeah, but I really want to go see a game there. Like I really want to be yeah. a part of that. So I don't care. I don't care. Oh, bird just loose on the ground. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, no, that's that, don't like, get me wrong. I don't there, want to go there. There are some in the conference that uh that I do hate, like and and really dislike, right? Like beyond any reasonable. And those are places <laughs> that I like. I know. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that the I plains know. is one of the coolest things in the world. I want so bad to go to Neyland Stadium when it's packed. I want to yeah. be there when it's packed. You know, get back. I want to. I want over a hundred thousand in their screen. That Ole Miss game this past year would have been would have been the spot for you. That would have been no, the spot for you. no, because I wouldn't. I don't handle ruckus very well. I've gotten old. I've gotten crotchety. I'll start throwing people off that bridge, off that balcony. Those <laughs> those seats go straight up in the air, and you push somebody over a ledge, they'll fall to their death. Yeah, no, you, you're not now, wrong. Now, now I got court dates and. I'm attorney fees. That's just bad. That's just a that's just a mess. I, hey, I don't handle stupidity anymore. I'm done with that. I'm too old. I know that we are uh, we're recording a week early, but uh, but I've got ESPN. I've been watching you know conference tournament games and whatnot. Uh, Bears are attempting to finalize a trade, sending Khalil Mack to the Chargers. That Chargers defense might end up scary. Man, to the Chargers? To the Chargers? Well, the Chargers have a crap ton of cap space. I know that. Yeah. 
That's weird. Because I'm very curious to see what they start signing. My Patriots have a lot of cap space. There's a lot of – I'm curious to see who's going to be spending this year and who they're going to spend it on. And uh, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. Let me uh, let me do these podcast reads right quick. Everybody, if you would so kindly, make sure and visit the website, winningcureseverything.com. You can find everything you need to know about us over there. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You can get it on any of your favorite podcast apps. We recommend Apple or Spotify because you can leave reviews over there. And we would ask that you please leave a nice review. It's free. Go ahead and do it. Knock that thing out. Hit the five-star review. And on Apple, you can leave a written review, and that helps us out even more with all the different algorithm crap that goes on in uh, in Meta World or whatever. So go ahead and do that for us. On YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you have, unsubscribe, resubscribe. That helps us out and gets us out in front of more people. And uh, make sure that you like the video. Jump into the chat. Jump into the comments. We love to see what you guys are talking about. We certainly want to hear your opinions on all of these different college football debates that we're having right now. If you have a team that you dislike for whatever reason, we want to hear it. We And, and we want to know why the reason is. If there is one. Maybe there's not. Who knows? Either way, uh, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. At GaryWCE, at Giannini, and at WinningCures. Those are your three spots. Along with that, if you want to see more of me, which I'm sure everybody does, <laughs> you can go over to BetUSTV.com. I host a how-to sports gamble series, and we have a ton of great, exciting experts on there with us. So go ahead and knock it out, betustv.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Now, we move on to which college football programs are set up best to dominate after Nick Saban retires. I think that that is the big... We talk about playoff expansion. We talk about... Uh, why you can't seem to get anybody else in the playoff, etc. College football has always been a top-heavy sport, but I think one of the biggest things right now is when you have a coach that is dominating, that is that has reached legendary status, that plays a big part in it. When Saban retires, Alabama will not be what they are right now. Once he is gone, which college football programs are set up best? Chris, I'll let you start us off here. I don't want to start us off. I don't want to. I don't want to say the answer that that I know is the right answer, and I don't need Nick Saban to retire. So, is is the right answer Georgia to begin with? No. Who are you talking? That boy down at Baton Rouge. <laughs> we hadn't even seen I Brian Kelly coach a game in Baton Rouge. I don't give a damn. I see what is okay. So, so you think he's just going to magically just forget how to coach? I did have LSU you think he's on my get list. Worse? You think he's going to suck? <laughs> 
I, I did have LSU on my list. Uh, I'm going to take that 70-year-old man out to the foot, the woodshed this year, next year, and the year after. Roll Tide wet. <laughs> Fuck you. I've got Ohio State on here right after Georgia. Um, I think, I mean, Ohio State's always been really, really good. Uh, the year that they did make the national championship game, they ended up losing to Alabama. So, of course, uh, I'm sure that they would like for them to be out of the way. But it hasn't been Alabama that's been stopping them. So, uh, while Ohio State is best set up to dominate, uh, they, them not getting there has nothing to do with Alabama. Georgia, uh, they until they won this year, they had lost seven straight, including a national championship game, including an SEC championship game that would have gotten them to the playoff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, back in BCS days. They lost a game to Alabama in the SEC championship game that would have gotten them in against a weak Notre Dame team. They probably would have beaten them. So Georgia, I think, is best set up. Texas A&M, I think Texas A&M and LSU are right there neck and neck uh, because I do like Brian Kelly a lot. I like Jimbo, but I I need to see more. Like, I know he just got that number one recruiting class. With all the NIL stuff, Texas A&M is certainly set up to do really, really well. What, uh... So I've got these two that are you know, neck and neck here. USC and Notre Dame. Like, neither of them has been stopped by Nick Saban, per se. But with Saban's recruiting, etc., that could maybe uh, stop what they're doing a little bit because, you know, Saban's gone out to California and gotten some big-time guys that were planning on going to USC. Now, we've had other guys that, that maybe would have gone to USC had it not been for Mario Cristobal or Dabo Sweeney, et cetera. You know, what What do you think about uh, about USC and Notre Dame here? Not a threat. Not a threat. They'll win a lot of their best uh, their football games. They will have a, a, an unbelievable season. They'll get into the playoffs, and then they'll play a team that plays defense for uh, USC because it's what Lincoln Riley does. He's just going to make Oklahoma, uh, USC, Oklahoma 2.0. They're yeah, going to score a lot of points. West. They're going yeah. to they're they're be, be real flashy. And, and they won't be able to stop a cold. And, uh, and and when they finally play a team that plays defense, whether that's Ohio State or whether that's a, a, a big-time SEC team or whether that's little old Clemson ever getting back, and, and they they just going to get steamrolled by those teams. Now, Notre Dame, what I'm curious about is, you know, we haven't seen Marcus Freeman coach a game yet. Let me take that back. It's impossible. It's impossible for me to give Notre Dame anywhere close to this, this this kind of credit. I love Marcus Freeman. I like Notre Dame. I want them to be good. We cannot have them in this conversation. We just can't. Is there anybody else other than uh, those six that I just named? It, it, and if you exclude Notre Dame, then five. Uh, Georgia, A&M, LSU, USC, Ohio State. And if we knock well, off USC, then that's four. Nobody's going to nobody's gonna do what Bama's doing because, A, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Georgia, LSU, and uh, and um, uh, uh, A and M are all going to to take from each other. Yeah, they'll they'll can, and it's not like Alabama is just going to fall off the face of the earth. Like they'll hire somebody yeah, we hope is competent. Fall off the face of the earth. It, it, compared to what they are now, most certainly, right? But they're they're still going to get guys. They're still going to be competitive. I, you know, I don't know that there's anybody else that's set up to dominate. I, notice we have not mentioned Clemson in this. I don't. No. I don't trust Clemson after after Brent Venables is gone. Let me. No. 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 Not at all. But even then, let me tell you what Clemson was a product of. Okay, Clemson was a product of having two 
transcendent quarterbacks there for six years. And, and for and six it, years, they dominated college football. Well, it, they dominated college football, but they, they really only had to dominate a weak ACC. And well, I don't yeah, know that the ACC is going to stay all down. They had to do, all they had to do was win the games they're supposed to win and then not cock it up in the playoffs. And two of the best quarterbacks college football has ever seen, okay, in the conversation for best career resumes of all time in Sean Watson and, and, and Trevor Lawrence. And they got two championships out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is more than a lot of teams. So, I will say so, that. But. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a great feat. And they dominated college football for six years. They were a product of two transcendent quarterbacks. Yeah. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, let's dive off of that. I got two more that I want to hit on right quick, and and we're we're already going longer than I anticipated. Uh, oh no, yeah, we got to go fast. I got to get this job done. All right, so next one on the board: Who are the most desperate college football fan bases right now? You want me to start us off? You can. I've got a couple of them. So I've got Kansas on here because they tasted it 15 years ago, right? 2007, they were still pretty good. In 2008. And they have been atrocious. Now, I, Vanderbilt fans can say this. I've got Vanderbilt on this list as well. But Kansas has not even been semi-competent in years. Now, they've got the two wins over Texas. But when you've got four conference wins in, what, like seven, eight years? That is as putrid as you can possibly get. I Kansas, I think, is the most desperate college football fan base. Uh, you got another one that uh, that you want to name here? So we we see this very very differently. Okay. So you're you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, saying these are the worst of the worst. Oh, I've, they I've got some be others. Desperate. I've got some. They got to be others. desperate. But see, that's not what desperation is. There are people that live their entire life at the bottom of the barrel. That's not what des- you'll never see somebody who's just been poor their entire life ever be desperate. Okay? okay, because they're just used to it. It's it's accustomed to them. It's it's now how they just live. All right, desperation are those who had a taste and then they can't get it back for the life of them. They cannot get it back. And I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm looking at teams like, and these are teams that have won in relative recent times. Recent being a relative term. Um, I'm talking to Auburn. I'm talking to Texas. Okay, okay. I've got I Texas think on those here. Those are teams that have spent obscene amounts of money and gone through coach after coach after coach, trying to find the magic pill that can make this thing work. They're, that's desperation. People who are trying everything they can to just stay relevant. You know what? They end up fourth or fifth in their conference. You, like uh, they're not even they're not even impactful in their conference. You know who you're describing right now? Who's that? Nebraska. Uh, well, ne- Nebraska Nebraska would be uh, extremely happy to be fifth in the Big Ten. Okay? Yes. Nebraska ain't been fifth in the Big Ten in a while. They're fifth in the Big Ten West. Yes. No, you're, you're not wrong there. Um, I put down Arizona and Illinois, but again, those are those, – I think they're just used to the ups see, and downs. I, I, don't see, I don't see that as desperate. Like, Ole Miss is not desperate. They've never been there, and if they ever got there, they would be ecstatic. But no one no one would ever, like, just thrive for it. You know, they're not desperate. 
That's a valid point. Uh, I put Georgia Tech and Texas Tech, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, mm, maybe not. Maybe maybe yeah, those are not. Uh, I, I think the three that I've named are the only three that come to my mind, and they're the ones that just they've, – they've had a taste of it a long time ago, and they cannot figure out now the right formula because they're still running off the playbook. Tennessee might be in that bunch. Yeah, uh, but t- I mean, they're they're at least on the upward uh, trajectory right now. Uh, what about well, South yeah, Carolina? But, but no, I don't see that. I think South Carolina is always going to be little old South Carolina. I mean, they, they were so, good for a spell with Steve Spurrier. Yeah, that's it. That's and that's the, that's, that's why I even brought it up. Was, it could be written by one guy, that, but that's not that's not history. Like that's 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 what I'm talking about. Those fans remember that time pleasantly, well. But but they know who they are. Hey, what do they uh, ever want to get back? Yes, but but they're not desperate. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That's I was trying to think of some other ones that uh, it, it, so so teams that act desperate or or boosters and etc. Miami, Miami, uh, Miami, Miami and hey, what about Texas A and M? Uh yeah yeah they, they <laughs> yep but, no I, I I that's that's the list they, they should be on there yeah they've never even won one which is why they're willing to give out these massive contracts and right. and do all of do this for NIL, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, and finally, all right, we'll close out with this one. And I don't know if I, I don't know what the right answer to this would be, but I saw it on on Reddit CFB, and I thought it was a very interesting question. Uh, what would have changed if Kansas had won the 2007 national championship? Now, obviously, there was a so lot. So you asked me this. Yeah. I need you to tell me what needed to happen to get them. Because I don't That's think what they I was were. Say. At one point in time, they were ranked number one in the country. But I don't think they were ever really in danger of winning that title. Like, Mississippi State was ranked number one in the country for a short period of time, too. You know. No, well, like, here, it, Kansas, mm-hmm. Kansas was number one in the country in the last weekend of the regular season. And they lost to number four, Missouri. Uh, thirty-six to twenty-eight, which knocked them out of the Big Twelve championship game. They would have gone and played against Oklahoma, but this was a fantastic Kansas team back in two thousand seven yep. with Mark Mangino. All that they ended up, uh, they won the Orange Bowl. They were, you know, they were awesome, like just absolutely awesome. If it, you know that was the year that LSU had two losses and made it to the national championship game against Ohio State, undefeated in the won. regular season. <laughs> well, undefeated in regulation, yeah, in regulation, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but Kansas, you know, say they end up beating Missouri, they would still have to go to the Big 12 title and play against Oklahoma, who already had two losses that year, including a loss to Kansas. So, you know, that's, uh, that's part of it there. But, you know, if, if they had gotten that win over Missouri and then beat Oklahoma again, then, you know, at, at that point, you start questioning, all right, one, does Mark Mangino still get fired for all the stuff that went on or do they maybe try and hide that a little better um because i think at at the point that mark mangino got fired a, a few years later like the program had dropped back off if you win a national championship do you think that kansas drops back off or is that something that you know maybe hangs hangs up a little longer you get a few more recruits because of that you know what what could change would would maybe the big 12 have not split Right? And like maybe Nebraska doesn't leave. Maybe all these other things that went on, maybe all of that stuff ends up staying 
the same way it is. And then Oklahoma and Texas never end up leaving for the SEC. Maybe you get more yeah, of a team. I don't deal. think any of that happens. I don't think any of that happens. I think if if by happenstance Kansas beats Missouri, and then if they beat Oklahoma, and then if they beat LSU in New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl, well, it would have been it would have been Ohio State, but yeah. Was that not the year that LSU won the title? But uh, but Ohio State was ranked number one. So it was no, it was a BCS year. Yeah. That, yeah, I know that. But wasn't this the year we played Oklahoma? No, 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 no. That Oklahoma was two thousand. No, we played Oklahoma like two thousand. Yeah, this yeah, this was Ohio State Ohio. in two thousand seven. That's right. It was the Ohio State. I, I got it confused. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it would have been Ohio State. Was, uh, if they do all that, nothing that. They okay, they win a national title. It's amazing for Kansas. They might get a little bump in recruiting here or there, but a couple of years later they're still going back they're still starting to spiral back down. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you actually because it, when you look at we've seen plenty of teams that win a national title and then just yeah, fall, fall back. Yeah. Just yeah. just did that. They yeah, just Auburn, did that. Auburn they, did they're it. lower. They lower. No, what LSU just did. They won a national title and then two years later, DFL in the SEC West. Uh, Auburn did the Vanderbilt exact same thing. Vanderbilt was the only team behind them. But, was Auburn that bad? No, it, it, two years after Auburn's national championship, they were 0-8 in the SEC. Okay, all right. So we at yeah. least won an SEC game. And then Chiswick got fired right after. So Ed, Ed Orgeron yeah. basically did exactly what Gene Chiswick did. But uh, but LSU was still, like, competitive. Like, they, <laughs> Auburn, Auburn no, we was not competitive. Com- that's so. right. We were competitive in a lot of games. We just got beat. Yeah. Um, but, no, but, no, so so the idea of that just doesn't move the needle for me. They, they still would have been Kansas. They still would have. They, they might not ever fall to the depth that they are today. Okay, Mangino might not get might doesn't get fired that day for that thing, but at, at some point in time, it's coming to an end. Well, we saw. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams that have won national titles. That I mean, Colorado won one. They split uh, a national title back in what nineteen ninety or no, whenever it was. Georgia Tech won a national title. Like we've seen. Teams win national titles and then fall away fairly quickly. So just winning a national title for Kansas back in 07, I don't think that stops what they ended up becoming. And I don't think it necessarily yeah. makes their leadership more competent just because they got a title one season, right? Nope. Nope. At worst case scenario, it gives you buyer's remorse. It gives you false uh, priesthood. It makes yeah. you think you're better than you really are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. All right, right, brother. Let's go on and wrap this thing up. I will let you go. I will uh, close this thing out. See you, man. All right, be good, buddy. All right, that is going to wrap it up. Winningcureseverything.com is the website. Go and check it out. Like I said earlier, subscribe on the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review. That certainly helps us out. Uh, If you haven't already, I don't know if they'll still let you, but you can enter the bracket competition against us. You can find the link in the description. Go ahead and check that bad boy out. And, of course, uh, make sure and subscribe on YouTube. It, follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff. And if you want to see more of me, go to betustv.com. With that said, we're going to wrap this bad boy up. We hope you guys have all had a wonderful week. We hope March Madness is going well for you. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. 
Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.